0: I thank the Lord for His grace, how He takes care of His people uh, i 'm grateful to be here i 've learned something tonight uh, i've uh, He said he doesn 't know what he was doing when he was twenty six uh, The Lord got a hold of my life when I was uh April sixteenth, 1972, I was in high school there in Houston, I had all the paperwork filled out to go to uh, Tennessee Temple in Chattanooga, Tennessee and, and play basketball, uh, and the Lord got a hold of my heart. And uh, that was not where I needed to go. And I, I went to youth camp that summer. Be turning to Second Timothy chapter 4, please. And I heard Dr. Ruckman preach. And he drew on the canvas as he, uh, as he preached. And uh, they told him at the end of the week, Uh, You know, they had tournaments for the young people in volleyball and basketball and all of this. And so they told Dr. Ruckman, you can pick your team, you pick your team, and you get to play the championship team in volleyball. He looked at me and he said, you're on my team. (laughs) (laughs) Not if I wanted to or would you. And uh, I enjoyed it. We we, we had a good time. But uh, I went several years and listened to him preach, was never privileged to go to, to Pensacola, but I was listening as we were singing Victory in Jesus. Uh, where's the brother that kept saying sold? Oh, right, I, I hear so poorly, and, and Brother Paul Sharon was right behind me and I couldn't tell, I knew it's back there somewhere. But uh, I never thought about it that way. I'm bought. It's done. I'm not for sale anymore. Not ever again. That's good. Do you, what's the, someone tell me right quick, what's the key word of that great hymn, Victory in Jesus? What's the key word? All right, now I've already told y'all I don't hear very well. What is the key word that's repeated so many times in that song? Heard. I heard an old, old story. People are not gonna have victory in their lives till they hear. 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 So we go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. And we pastor churches and we try to raise people up. I, I started by saying I'm thankful for the grace of God that takes care of his people I pastored it, and understand this, too. Not all churches experience the joy and the happiness in ministry that you all are experiencing. I was part of my, uh, uh, I'm teaching through Hebrews at our church, and we just finished the part, we're running the race there in Hebrews chapter 12. And part of my race was uh, to pastor a church that... uh, uh, Ended up with some pretty serious conflict, and kind of an explosion, so to speak. (laughs) And uh, I'm thankful that as people left, they found there were churches for them to go to. Some of them ended up here. Some of them ended up in Walzahatchee with Brother Paul Sharon. There was some great people: Jim and Carol East, Brother Dan uh, Smith, and Miss Pat. I'm thankful. Uh, I mean, I, my wife and I were six weeks between churches, and uh, uh, and it was closest thing to suffering I've ever been through. All right, but uh, I'm uh, I'm thankful that, that God took care of those people. They were they're Amen. sweet people, good people, and uh, and they needed churches. I want you to understand something tonight. God's not wringing His hands, wondering what He's going to do. Right. Uh, yeah. on, you ever yeah. get that way? Yeah. I you wonder. Uh, right. God's never been there. Right. Do you realize nobody's ever made God back up? Yeah, right, God has no plan B. Right. Amen. See, so uh, I'm. I think of uh, of uh, brother Keegan and brother brother Sharon. I'm. I'm grateful. Uh, I was able to preach to those people. Miss Pat Smith's mother, Miss Faye Worley, Ronnie and Linda can remember Fay Worley, and she's just one of those sweethearts. And she'd say to me, it, just so often, she'd talk to me after the service, she'd say, oh, Brother Chuck, I just wanted to shout. I said, well, why didn't you? <laughs> And she said, well, some of these people die. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, then I'd preach their funeral. Yeah. You know, that's just part of it. So so let her go. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, so anyway, I, I'm, I hope I don't overstep my bounds, and I'm prone to do that. <laughs> but uh, Brother Paul Sharon is, Recovering from the COVID, and it it has affected him uh, physically in a very negative way with diabetes, and so y'all pray for him that God would would remove the thorn. Is it, is that a bad way to say it? Uh, I'll be for <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I I I I don't know what to say. I I got a cold and a sniffles and a cough and a chest cold and the doctor b- tested me and go home you're positive and so I had to quarantine I took it he said just take over the counter medicine well I thought well that depends on what counter I'm standing at <laughs> 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 you know but uh some of y'all will get that in the middle of the night you know y- y'all will wake up from your stu- oh yeah <laughs> but uh uh Anyway, I, I don't understand. I, I took the medicine, quarantined. I called the doctor. I said, I'm great, I'm over it. Do I need to come get retest? Now you're fine, go on. And then Brother Paul gets a more severe trial. I don't understand what, who can know the mind of the Lord? Amen. He does according to his will in the army of heaven, among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or send him, what doest thou? Yes. We can't back God in the corner and say, what are you doing? Oh, uh, but anyway, that's not in the message tonight anywhere. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 4, please. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine." The closest I can understand, that pretty much is speaking of 2021, Arlington, Texas. All right. Uh, But after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables, but they're still in pulpits. See? But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Verse 6, for I am now ready to be offered for the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I don't know how many times, and I've been—I pr- was thinking about it a moment ago, sitting down there. Uh, I began to preach in 1973. I can't do the math, uh, but that, that's four or five years anyway. And uh, I've read Second Timothy—I don't know how many times—and recently I read it, and that phrase in verse six took me by the lapel, sort of, and gave me kind of a good shaking. I'm now ready to be offered. Tile of our message tonight, ready to be offered. Our Father, I pray you would bless. May I speak clearly. I pray that we would understand the challenges of this passage. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. He starts off telling us there in verse number one I charge thee, therefore, if you believe in marking your Bible or if you're using a, a phone or something, Highlight those words, before God. We are before God all the time. All of the time. Yep. All right? So I charge thee, and he's, he's telling Timothy how to take care of the ministry, but he says in verse 6, I'm ready to be offered. This is quite a statement. How many of you would think, I- I'm ready to leave this old world? I think, man, I'm ready for the Lord to come. I I believe in studying this word ready to be offered, there's a completely different, that's part of the thought, but not, not all of the thought. It's not I'm just ready to leave all of this wickedness. What Paul is saying, and if you think about it and you read the writings of the Apostle Paul, sometimes he sounds a little bit arrogant. But the problem is he lived up to all of his bragging. And he lived up to all of his statements. Paul is saying, I have finished my course. Uh, he's saying, I've, I, I've, I've, it's, all of my work is finished. I've, I've met all of my responsibilities. I've, all that God requires of me, I have done. What a good reaction. That quietness. Remember the verse there in the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews, the book of Deuteronomy, where he says, what doth the Lord require of thee? Then in Ecclesiastes we read, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep the commandments. Amen. You see, folks, God requires something of us and we're going to be offered to God. He says here that, in, in, uh, that God is going to judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Folks, we're going to stand before God. We're going to see God. We're going to face God. The word offered here is, means poured out like a drink offering. Death was imminent for the apostle. And he had great confidence in his readiness to see God. Did you ever get into a situation and you, you weren't prepared for it? You didn't know what was going on? Our brother was talking about evidently things that when he was 26 that he maybe should not have done. Uh, well, I'm going to confess a little bit of sin to you tonight. If you, I enrolled in the Arlington Baptist College and I was so excited. I was living in the dorm, excited about being in the Bible college, preparing for the ministry. So I go home for one weekend to Houston. If you've never been to Houston, don't go. <laughs> All right, uh, I left there in seven, 1973 and I don't go back on purpose and I never get that badly lost. But uh, I'm coming home one night and I've gotta make it back by curfew so I'm stepping out a little bit in the great metropolis of Madisonville the highway patrolman stops me and, and and gives me a fast driving award and <laughs> and, uh, and 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 y'all see that they made a movie about me that you seen that movie Forrest Gump <laughs> where where he says I'm not a smart man <laughs> right. so I'm in my thinking at Madisonville you know podunk capital of the world. So I drive on to Arlington. I did nothing about that speeding ticket, nothing. And I'm all excited about being in the Arlington Baptist College, so I go down to the office to check my mail. And in the Bible College, the Arlington Baptist College, where the students come and check their mail, the ladies in the office have to put the mail in the box. And so I go in there one day and check my mail, and I'm all excited about being at the Bible College, preparing for the ministry, and I open my mailbox, and I pull out two warrants for my arrest. (laughs) 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 I didn't know what to do. So I get him, and I go, it says where I'm supposed to go down to this magistrate's office. And so I go down there, and I walk in his office, and I lay down on his desk. And I said, I think you've been looking for me. And he said, yeah, you're kind of hard to find. I didn't, what do you say? So I said, well, not anymore. I, 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 I didn't know what to say. I promise this is the truth. All right, this is the truth. And so I said, look, I told him everything. I said, I thought you're not gonna come after me oh, for, for that. Come on, Po Dunkville, and I said, I want to pay half of this fine today, and I'll pay half of it next Friday. And he said, Okay. Out. He didn't put me in the hoosegow or nothing. Just let me go. Hey, <laughs> bully! Believe- and I and I did just exactly that. But when I walked in there, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah. I was gonna stand before a, a a law official, and I didn't have a clue. And I was scared to death. Paul is not scared. He is so ready to be offered. He's not a bit afraid of it. I'm ready. I'm ready to stand before God. I have lived. Paul is saying, I have lived my life for God. I'm ready to stand before God. How do you do that? How do we do that? Number one. Understand, we're all going to stand before God, and our works are going to be examined. I'm anxious to go to heaven. I'm convinced. I believe my mom and my dad are there. I, I have loved ones there. I have a younger sister there. I, I, I'm ready uh, I, I'm anxious for that, but I want you to understand the Bible tells us and teaches us that we're going to stand before God and our works are going to be examined. We, we shall all stand before 2 Corinthians 5.10. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Our works are going to be examined. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse number 10. Verse number 8, Now he that planteth, And he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as of a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that it is laid, which is in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 13, for time's sake. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? And if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Folks, we're going to stand before God. We sing sometimes face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face with what shall it be? We're go- are we like Paul, ready to be made manifest? He starts off there in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number one. I charge thee before God. Remember, realize, understand, face the truth. We are going to stand before God and be examined. Yeah. I, I can't translate the truth out of that. We're going to face God. We're going to stand before God. We sing sometimes an old hymn, Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready? Some of you can remember that old hymn. We better get ready. Yeah. Luke chapter 12 tells us verse number 40, Be ye therefore ready for the Son of Man cometh in such an hour as ye think not. Yeah. How many of you ladies, when you know company's coming, you're going to get the house ready? Right? Don't y'all do that or you just forget it. Change the locks and shut all the lights off. Maybe they'll leave. No, that doesn't work. You prepare, you, you, you know they're coming. Well, I'll tell you something, folks. The Lord's coming and he's gonna take us home. And, and I don't know all the logistics of what's going to take place in heaven, but I understand that part of it is we're going to be examined, all right? He says in the revelation, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. Live your life. If we're going to live our lives ready to be offered, understand you're going to face God. Right. We're going to stand before God. Here's something else very quickly. Live your God-giving life as a sacrifice unto God. Romans 12:1 and 2. Because Paul says I'm ready to be offered. And that word offered is sacrificed, poured out. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto the Lord which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're giving your body to somebody hmm may we give our bodies as a sacrifice to never been I'm, do you're gonna think i'm bragging i am not i'm trying to state a point i've never been drunk a day in my life i've i've never taken an illegal drug god has been very gracious to me I, so i've never done any of those things to abuse my body with foreign substances but I've abused my body in athletics, and so I, I never looked down my big nose at someone that's had a drinking problem or a, or a drug problem or a, a smoking problem or whatever. I, I was going to go to the NBA if God wanted me to or not, and I was just convinced I was going to be a professional basketball player, and that was not in God's plans, and he showed me that. <laughs> but I, I, uh, it, 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 I had to learn that. But I did crazy things trying to learn how to jump higher and I, I never took any steroids only because I didn't know about them. All right, uh, I just said dumb, I, I guess, <laughs> I didn't know about them. But I, I, I've, I've abused my body and I've had surgeries to fix my knees and my shoulders and one wrist and that didn't work. Uh, and, and, and all of these things, we need to understand something. Folks, our bodies are for God. First Corinthians six, what? No, you're not, you're not your own. You're bought with a price, sold. I'm gonna do that every time we, wait till South Center Baptist Church sings victory in Jesus again. I'm gonna wake them up. <laughs> you wait till they get that. Boy, howdy, our little short Mexican man that leads our singing, he's gonna wonder what happened to the preacher? But. Uh, I'm gonna get him, but uh, oh, I'm ornery. What's worse than that? I enjoy it so much. (laughs) Live your life as a sacrifice unto God. Ephesians chapter five tells us that Jesus, listen to me now, Jesus Christ gave himself in sacrifice and his sacrifice was a sweet smelling savor unto God. You read that in Ephesians chapter five, verse one and two. Very quickly, 2 Corinthians chapter two. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To one we are the savor of death unto death, to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God. In the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Let me ask you something. Is your life a sweet savor unto God, or are you a stinking mess? Remember the Revelation three? You're neither lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Are we a sweet savor unto God? Or are we a stinking mess? You see, folks, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. We're to be sacrificed to God every day. He said, Daily. We're an offering to God. You ever have somebody give you something that you why am I to do with that? Huh? I, 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 I had a lady give me a, a, a Christmas present one time, and I opened it, and it was a shiny brass thing that goes up in the, in the chimney to open up the chimney. I'm a city boy, so I don't know what that thing is. All right? And so the whole problem of that is we didn't have a fireplace. I'm undoing that thing. I use an iPad now all of the time, but for my birthday here several years back, our church usually they give me a birth certificate, a, birth certificate, <laughs> a gift certificate to Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's, you know, something spiritual. Right. <laughs> and and then I, one day I, I they they have this deal and they the party like and they give me this present. And I thought, oh, good, it'll be another gift certificate. I'll get another gun or something, you know, blah blah blah. And I open it, and it was an iPad. I looked at that, and I, still, when I turn it on, I'm, I'm so technologically challenged. I turn it on every time I turn it on. I say, what are you going to do to me today? I don't understand it. So they give me this iPad and I'm thinking, they may as well given a gorilla, a tea set. Uh, I, 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 had, I had no idea what I'm gonna do with this thing. I wonder what kind of a sacrifice am I to God? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my abilities? What am I, get? thou shalt love the Lord thy God, it says. You, you take all of the passages about our loving God. You put them all together. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. In one verse it says, with all thy might. He tells us, be strong in the grace of God. Apply your heart to knowledge, you see. All right, I've got to hurry on, my soul. We need to live our lives in constant awareness of God's presence. Okay, constant. You're, you're not going to outrun God. I, I drove truck for a while, not bragging, just confessing sins, I guess. And there was a fellow there I knew, I met at a fuel stop from another another company I'd worked for. Uh, our, our our brother here from Duncanville. We were talking one time I was here before, talking about U Bank Ready Mix. We drove rock trucks out of Eubank ReadyMix, and they told us to drive like whatever, boys, and uh, up and down 67 and I-20, so on. But this guy, I was driving cross-country at the time, and I met him in Meridian, Mississippi, at a fuel stop. And he said, yeah, I'm going to Dallas. I'll run, we'll run together. And I thought, oh, no, I don't want to put up with that guy for 500 miles. He was nauseatingly perverse. Just you know, it just and so I got out in high gear and I got out on the highway and I got that truck in high gear and I ran off and left him. So I've I got gone from him so fast he couldn't even catch me on the, on the CB radio. I, 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 you're not gonna outrun God. We're living in the presence of God. Two times in First Kings, Elijah makes this statement, seventeen one. And and 1815, Elijah makes this statement. As the Lord of God of As the Lord God of hosts liveth before whom I stand, that's present tense. And you study it, that's present tense, and it goes on forever. In other words, I'm standing before him today, and then I'll leave and everything will be all right. No. He repeats that. He passes the mantle to Elisha. Two times in 2 Kings, Elisha says, as the Lord God of hosts liveth before whom I stand. If if I'm going to live my life ready to be offered unto God, I would better understand I'm in the presence of God all the time. We sing sometimes in the presence of Jehovah. Uh, uh, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. What earth? Up there in Washington, D.C., those people are dumb and hogs. You know, <laughs> no, on earth, the earth that I occupy. Right. My life, my family, my home, my church, my world, my ministry. When you think about the Lord's Prayer, on earth, that's the earth where you live. That's the earth where you work. That's the earth where you go to school. God help us to understand we cannot escape the presence of God. When God said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, you know what he meant? He meant, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. You'll never get a truck fast enough to outrun me. The psalmist, Psalm 139, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? We were going somewhere and I was driving one vehicle and my wife and her sister went in another vehicle. They were supposed to be following me. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> I said, how can it be difficult? To get behind me and drive. <laughs> and so I ran off and left them. And so that was before the days of cell phones. Thank the Lord. I'd hated to have that conversation. All right. But anyway, we finally get there. You ran off and left us. I said, No, y'all were talking so much in the car, you burned up all the oxygen and you couldn't breathe and pay attention. That didn't help me any. But I'm telling them, you, just folks, follow the Lord. You're in his presence. Live in the presence of God. We are never going to sca- escape him. In everything that you do, give Christ preeminence. Yes. First, first uh, Matthew. Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What's the first thing you look for in the kingdom? The king. Yes. Here's the problem with me and this is the problem with you. We want the king's stuff. Heal me, help my kids, take care of my family, wake up this church, do the, we're wanting God to do something more than we want God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That, and the Bible says there in Colossians 3, that in everything Christ may have the... Pre- in everything... In everything, seek ye first the king and his righteousness. We're going to stand before God. We're going to be judged. Live in close communion to the judge. Amen? Amen? If I'm going to stand before the judge, maybe I need to be on good terms with the judge. Reckon? Live for his pleasure. I've had people tell me over the years, and I, I, some of y'all are noticing this. Some of you got a few miles on you. You're, you're understanding now that that phrase "over the years" boy, that's a long period of time anymore, isn't it? For some of us, some of you're looking at me. I get that. I, I I I have no sense of direction, you know. Uh, and I said in our church one time I was preaching. I said. I just don't have any sense of direction. I could get lost in a phone booth. And some of the young people were up there. <laughs> And I said, get out of the house. <laughs> you know, live a little bit, all right? The purpose for living. I've had young people say over the years, I'm not sure what my purpose is, well, here it is. The Revelation four eleven, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure. Amen. You know why God lets me breathe, because it's His pleasure. Yeah. You know why God lets me preach, cause you got that big booming voice. Goliath would have been a better choice. God didn't need any big guys. I got on the trying back when you could make hospital visits. I was on the. I got on the elevator in, in the Arlington Memorial Hospital. I just got on this strange lady there. I didn't know her then. I still don't know her, but she says to me, "Sorry, sir, but I've got to ask you, how tall are you?" I said, "It don't make any difference anymore. It's how old am I?" <laughs> I said, but "The height does me no good anymore, <laughs> except for changing light bulbs." <laughs> All right, uh, so. Anyway, she she just thought I was a giant. I said, Get out of the house. That's my, most of the time people say something meaning, Get out of the house. All right? God's pleasure. Living for God's pleasure is concern for his displeasure. Remember when the children of Israel, they made that golden calf? is one of the, you ever read that story? It's one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. Aaron, who is kind of the second runner with Moses here, and Aaron, Moses is up in the mountain and he spends all that time with God and so the people think, well, he's gone, let's make us a God. So Moses comes back down and Aaron says, it jumped out of the fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he had half cents, we'll put it back. Just throw the heifer back in the fire. No. Amen. No, they didn't. They start dancing around it read it. It was so awful and ungodly. In, in Deuteronomy 9, verse 19, Moses says, I was afraid of thy anger and sore displeasure. Yes. Two times in the psalm, 6.1 and thirty eight one, the psalmist says, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me. One place thy sore displeasure another place in thy hot displeasure. God help us to fear God's displeasure. It, it, it's not so much am I happy in God, it's is God happy with me? let see. I am nearing the shore, I promise. It's just a big lake. Live and walk in God's spirit. If I'm going to be ready to be offered unto God, the Bible says live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. It's very interesting and significant. That little word in means in the sphere. Do you ever have, y'all wonder what I'm doing here? I'm not... uh, any of you ever have pet gerbils or hamsters or anything? Any of y'all got better sense than that? All right, when you, you get a little rat at the pet store, sometimes they'll sell you a clear plastic ball and you put the rat in the little ball and he'll run all over the house inside the little ball. The cat cannot get him. <laughs> be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, as a roaring lion, roameth about, seeking whom he may devour. When I'm living and walking in the spirit, the devil can't get me. He's after me. He's after me. Jesus said to Simon Peter in Luke 22, Satan hath desired thee that he may sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He knew Peter would give it all up. It did at the crucifixion. I don't know him. Right. Cussing around the fire. Yep. Spend much time in God's word. Whatsoever things were written for time were written for our learning. Amen. We sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, yeah? When's the last time you read his word? Yeah. And Amen. absorb it. Seek God, read his word. Oh, how love I thy law, the psalmist said. It's my meditation. Second Timothy, the verse you know so well, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. God, in, in, as we were praying in the back, I, I kept noticing Brother, Brother Keegan kept praying, Lord God, Lord. Remember, this is the book of the Lord God. Shouldn't I read it more than I do some ammunition magazine <laughs> or some hunting magazine yeah. or, come on, ladies, some shopping catalog? Well, yeah. it's quiet in here. You'd think I just pulled the pen and handed you a hand grenade. <laughs> read the Word of God. Spend much time in prayer. Philippians 4, I mean, we're try- if we're going to be ready to be offered to God... We need to be on good speaking terms. Amen? Amen. Be careful for nothing, Philippians 4. That word careful doesn't mean live in reckless abandon. Live in such a way that you don't have to worry about it. That's right. You see? When I started losing my hair, my, my, my dad was, was bald-headed, and I started losing my hair when I was driving that, that truck. And so my dad said, you're not going to be bald-headed. I'm taking you to a specialist. Oh, fine, yeah. So we go to a specialist in Houston, and he starts looking at me, and he says, well, you're a ball of nerves. <laughs> and he said, that's why you're losing your hair. What are you doing? And I said, I drive a truck. You know, and uh, that was before the days of all the regulations. Log books meant nothing. Speed limits meant, posted speed limit all over the country was 55 back in those days. That truck didn't shift into high gear till 62,
1: yeah.
0: you know. So I was a ball of nerves. So the doctor comes back and he says, I'm going to give you a shot, and it'll help you. So I started pulling up my sleeve, and he pulls my head back, going to shoot me right in the head. <laughs> and I backed up from that, I said, what are you doing? My dad, my dad jumped up and said, back up, doc. I'll lay him out. You can shoot him wherever you want to. <laughs> but uh, uh, where did this come from? This, I, I wasn't living to please God. I was living to make money. I was living, the faster I drove, the more money I made by the hour. That was my philosophy, okay? And, uh, and so I was worried. You're all the time worried about running the radar detectors, one facing this way, one facing that way, doing all these things trying to keep from getting the traffic awards and all of this. And so the next thing you know, I'm losing my hair and losing my health and balling nerves, and finally the Lord delivered me from that in his mercy. My wife says to me all the time, your whole life is one episode after another of God taking care of the ignorant. (laughs) And I thought, my goodness, how does she know so much about me? (laughs) Be ready to face God. We're going to be offered to God. Paul said, I'm ready. Speak to God often. The great psalmist, Psalm 109, said, I give myself unto prayer philippians be careful for nothing live for god in such a way you don't have to worry about anything you're not all the time looking in the mirrors where's the law enforcement where's somebody gonna catch me who's gonna see me who's gonna hear me you see folks be careful live for god study the word of god he says to us in second timothy four and verse eight and and i'll be done I, um, I hope I haven't been too long. Second Timothy chapter four and verse number eight. Well, I know what's in this Bible. <laughs> yeah, I think it's right after first I think it is, but the <laughs> problem with me is I can't feel anything with this hand. So anyway. Verse 8, 2 Timothy 4, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You want to be ready to be offered unto God? Love his appearing. More than 200 times in the New Testament we're told he's coming then don't get caught off guard. I saw on a church marquee one time, many people who plan to repent at the midnight hour die at 11 o'clock. So so let's not live our lives. Well, well, I'll get ready eventually. I'll get ready one of these days. I want you to understand something. You're living in God's world, breathing God's air, absorbing God's time and God's provision and blessing every moment of your life. God help me, God help you to live for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, Do all to the glory of God. Paul said, I'm ready to be offered. Are you ready to be offered? Are we ready to meet God? We're going to meet God. May as well be ready.
1: Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at indiangapbaptist.com. On the internet, it's indiangapbaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you, and, and until next time. Casting all your care
0: upon him.